Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, uh, yeah. We got the vibe on deck, bro. Four dope brothers talking sports, so let's go. If you could just imagine some dudes into music, get together to talk trash about whose teams is losing. So here we go. Deep Turner, John Lane, Trey Illy, Jay Hill, the MVP, court in the history. So now what? They got their mics and gizmos. Podcast from up for DC, what it is, Mo. Yeah. Welcome to Sports and Things, a weekly podcast where we go in depth on sports and music topics of the week. Featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and host Dennis Turner. And welcome to Sports and Things, everybody. I'm your host, Dennis Turner. With me, I have the brothers as always, John Lane and Trey Ely. Unfortunately, we are without Jay Hill today. He's traveling to COVID land in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we wish him a, a safe and um, safe travels. Safe travels and speedy return. You might not want to put out that where he's. Never mind. It's fine. I mean, anyway, how's security? Everybody, everybody knows that's what it Nobody is. Cares. He's not going. He's 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 not even on social media. It's fine. Um, how you <laughs> how you guys doing? I'm good, man. Yeah. I'm uh shit. I'm like, baby is doing phenomenal. He's nice. he's he's still kind of bass backwards right now. He's sleeping during the day and he parties all night. So my wife is a little pissed off that I'm doing the podcast right now, but. Oh. I told her it's probably gonna be a short episode. Babies have uh, like this. Do, 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 do. Exactly. It's like, oh, dad's away. Let's go. Let's um, get it. Nah, we're good. I'm. Um, I got my first shot. My first vaccine shot. Yeah, me too. Uh, what you did? You get symptoms? You get? No symptoms. I got Moderna. I no got Moderna symptoms. Too. Moderna was the one um, they tested on black people the most. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they 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 did say that the second dose is probably gonna hit you a little bit harder. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, did you get any soreness in your arm? Yep. Yeah. Just just for a little bit. There's a pediatrician that lives in our neighborhood, and she said take some Motrin right after. Yeah, they told me Tylenol. She's like, if you feel yeah. anything, take some Tylenol. Um, yeah. So I took yeah. I took Motrin first, and then the next day when the soreness came in, I took Tylenol. And it was cool. So I took nothing. I just was like, I, you know, since I got it on my arm where all my tats are, so I was just like, I ain't even. Did you did you feel her stick you? Oh, the person who took you. Did you feel them when they pricked you? I felt the initial prick, but I, you know, sometimes when they inject it, that's when you start to feel the pain. I didn't feel no pain. Yo, I didn't even feel the lady like stick me, like she did it, and I was like, she was, I'm done. I was like, but wow. I, I, I count that to like getting all these, all this ink. So true. Fine. Um, Trey, you good? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm good. He had the shot. <laughs> right. But Trey yeah, don't I'm avoid. avoiding people. Trey don't, Trey don't go to win. If he come outside, he comes outside with three masks on, so he's good. That's right. He's, he's in an astronaut suit. He's not even, he's not even playing <laughs> Yeah, um, man. I go out like an astronaut. They're going to think Daft Punk is back when I go out. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. This is the, the podcast where we are musicians and artists who love to talk sports. And with that, we're going to get right into our first subject. Uh, Joe Montana says Tom Brady is clearly the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, I want to get you guys' take on whether you believe that Tom Brady is the GOAT in NFL history. And I will start with Trey. I mean, I believe so. Um, I think that the uh, evidence uh, is on the field. 
but also the fact that um, Mr. Montana himself handed the torch. At that point, I, I don't think there's much else to be said. I think it's been said. And uh, Brady is the GOAT. I mean, when you get the endorsement from the person that everyone was looking at, I mean, excuse me, the endorsement from the person that everyone was looking at as the GOAT previously, then um, that pretty much solidifies you. Um, it's and, like Jerry West passing uh, Michael Jordan the uh, NBA symbol. He's like, yeah, just make him Michael Jordan. Yeah, even though Jerry West was never the GOAT, but that's another thing. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not comparing him to him, but I'm like, you know, he's the the symbol of the NBA. So right. Like, if you pass that on, he's like, if we gonna pass it to somebody, you are gonna pass it to Jordan. Jordan's a yeah, goat. You, you try to pass it to Jordan, and then Nike goes, "Wait a minute, we already got that symbol, bro." There's money <laughs> to be made. There's money to be. Anyway, <laughs> John, <laughs> John, you go. In the words of Trey Ely, did Michael Jordan? say that LeBron James is the greatest NBA player in NBA history? Never. No. So, with that said, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in NFL history. <laughs> um, it's clear and apparent. Um, let's see. Tom Brady has been to 10 Super Bowls and won seven. The That's enough. Second, That's enough. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the quarterback and to this get the a second most... The quarterback to get the second most uh, Super Bowl appearances is John Elway with five, and he only won two of those. That's crazy. And so, John, well, no, he won those later on in his career. He was like over forty when he won those, right? Right. Or like close. Right. To, he was close to forty. He was close he to retirement. Yeah. He was close to retirement when he won. And that his was last like two. the running game. That he mm -hmm. was relying on. So. Yep. So yeah, that that gives you a little bit of a perspective as to the level of greatness that Tom Brady. Who you say was the second close? The the next. John Elway. Did he really have that many? I he went to I'm five. Saying, I didn't know he went to five. Really? Yeah, he went to five. He went to five Super Bowls. I thought he went to like yeah. three, and he won two. But you know, went to no, three. I think he went to. I'll look it up again. But I'm, Jim I'm Kelly went to. Jim Kelly went to four. Right. Jim Kelly went to four. Jim Kelly went to four. four. Joe Montana went to four, and he won four. Three one. Yeah. And Brady was in ten. That's crazy. Right. Ten last, Super Bowls. The last one he he won also won MVP. <laughs> yeah, and he's forty three years old. <laughs> it's like if you need any other criteria, he went to a team that was not winning games last year, and they won a Super Bowl <laughs> when he got right there. because was he was a team there. that had been to the playoffs in ten years. What else do you need to say? It's like I don't even know, like. That locker room perspective is enough to say he's the goat. Like you know, Re absolutely. reality is I don't even think people argue about this topic. Oh yeah, uh, I don't argue. think people argue about it at <laughs> this point. Well, there's no comparison. Yeah, nobody. I've never. I can't think of any other argument. Yeah, I can't think of any other. And I was I was a Dan Marino fan, and I I I love Dan Marino, but like in terms of efficiency, like I was a Joe Montana fan because. And one stat I will always remember is Joe Montana never threw a single interception in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I remember. And I'm like, too. nobody's ever gonna, no one's ever gonna beat Joe Montana. And here comes Tom Brady. Yeah, he's like, I, I throw interceptions, but I also get rings. <laughs> yeah. You can have your interceptions. I keep these rings. Like, yeah, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it reminds me of that uh, that commercial with uh, uh, Jalen Rose and Kobe when he when he walks up on. He's like, oh yeah. Hey. He's like, yo, how many uh, how many uh, olives you want in your martini? He's like. 81 uh 81 he's like nah i'm just kidding just like five like, that type of greatness is like you know I, I can i can mark that all day because like you can't take that away from him like you can't take I, away the seven rings i mean seven they were seven rings yeah yeah that commercial's hilarious it makes yeah. me laugh every time i see it yo it's, it's one of the funniest <laughs> commercials like just 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 kobe's face when he like well, jalen rose's face too jalen rose's, rose's face is pretty he hilarious kept, he kept panning back the camera and it's like yo he's I'm such a good sport for doing agreeing to do that commercial yeah too. yeah um so yeah you know I, I think we're all in agreement like tom brady and he's not retiring so it's like he still has more that he feels like he has to do if he wins another one like what does it mean if he wins another one Oh my God! I mean, I don't. I got <laughs> that's nothing. Like, that's like eighty-eight percent. Like, <laughs> like he has yeah. an eighty-eight percent Super Bowl win yeah. percentage. Like, you have to give him <laughs> a team. Like, when he retires, you have to make him a coach. Like, he has to be a head coach of a team immediately. Like his, 
his game plan and his his planning and his is like the way he sets up for games would have to be like packaged and sold. Like I would if I was a coach, <laughs> I'd be trying to you know like find that nineteen ninety nine Tom Brady package. <laughs> like where, exactly for four installments of nineteen ninety nine, you too can win a Super Bowl. Like come on, bro. Like that's crazy. Like so yeah, I, we're all in agreement. Tom Brady's the yeah. goal. There are great quarterbacks in the league as well, but nobody has done it as long and as efficient as Tom Brady. So salute to the goat. Like he's, you know, has I know LeBron yeah, I mean, has been we'll saying. See, we'll stuff. see about Patrick Mahomes, but yeah, you know, barring injury, he might he might stand. I mean, seven though. Uh, nah, <laughs> seven. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't think he's gonna be able to pull that off. Yeah, uh, and has yeah. Michael. Jordan. He's a phenomenal talent, but dude, Michael Jordan's never said anything about. Uh, not like LeBron. LeBron is always like when when Tom Brady does something, he's like, "Yo, the goat." You know, but I don't, has Michael Jordan said anything about it? No. Nope. I think Michael Jordan did call him the goat. Okay. Did I he? believe so. I believe so. We have to look. We got to look that one up. Yeah, we I thought he did. We need a. Um, what's my man from around the horn? We need a. Uh, Matt, what's his name? Roach. Uh, the host. Oh, you talking about? Uh, yeah. Um, he's the. Um, he's the. He's a, he's a stat corrector on um, PTI. Yeah. We need one of those guys. We like actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Um, uh, this week, JJ Watt joins uh, D Hop in Arizona. Um, they paid him thirty-one million dollars for like I think it was like four years or something like that. He got and Arizona fans are pissed. Twenty-four million guaranteed, right? Forty-four, <sighs> or or twenty-four million dollars signing bonus. It's like twenty-four like million, probably. Like and he got thirty. Arizona fans are pissed, buddy. Yeah, are, yo. The 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 dad going like the don't you sent out with all the um, comments like they were like, yo, what are y'all paying for? Y'all pay y'all it's, overpaid this guy. They're turning people are saying Arizona I don't want to be a fan cars, anymore. Cars, y'all are throwing yeah. away the team, and yeah. I mean they are mad. So okay, I know uh, D Hop is happy. Um, the team seems to be cool with it. How do you guys think the Cardinals do next year with the addition of J.J. Watt, uh, John? Uh, the same. I think. <laughs> I don't think he has that big of an impact. Yeah, yeah it, it's like, not going to be okay. that big of an impact. I think a team is only is only as good as its quarterback. And Kyler Murray is a young kid to me who I think a lot of defensive coordinators and defensive linemen and inside linebackers will be able to figure out he's fast but the fact that d hop is the only weapon on that team offensively is really going to hurt them they need a couple of other weapons i think they have to go into the draft and they need to draft a wide receiver in the first first two rounds um because d hop needs help and so does kyle murray yeah, Kyle Murray yep. can't just do it on his own. What's going to happen if D Hop gets injured? Like that's it. Uh, that's that's it. exactly why fans are pissed. They broke the bank for JJ Watt. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't really looked myself, but the people who were making the argument were arguing about um, declining numbers, saying that well, he's not getting declining because he's he keeps getting, getting injured. He's been injured yeah. so much. Yeah. His, um, you know, his stats are, you know, his first uh, three seasons he was like uh, all pro, like caliber player mm-hmm. but he, you know injuries kind of kind of borrow that like his numbers have been going down um he, he in like let's say for instance like in 2012 he had 20 20.5 sacks and in 2014 last year he had uh five sacks the year before that he had four sacks so Ugh. you know and his, his, his that's uh, a lot of money for five sacks bro his combined tackles for 2019 were 24 and Oof. uh the year, yeah, after that, 2020 were 52. So he's not putting up nearly as much productivity as he was when um Bruh. his first five years in the league now, for sure. On the, he's on no the Chase Young for sure. On the other hand, I will say this: uh, and he's 31. The Houston Texans are the Washington Red Slurs of this new decade. I don't even like, think. See, John, I, I I know where you're going with that, but I don't even think that. Washington was ever that bad. Like Houston is doing things. Well, what sense. I mean by that yeah, is what I what I, what I mean by that is I think Houston has so many issues on and off the field that I think it's sort of it's sort of come to a head where you're starting to see players not producing. They they got rid of D Hop without talking to Deshaun Watson. Um, the team sucked, even though Deshaun Watson put up the most passing yards out of any quarterback this past season and the defense was horrible so i think 
I think the numbers will probably be just about the same, if not better. I don't know that it, that his numbers, J.J. Watt's numbers, will get worse because he's going to a team that seems to be putting all the pieces together slowly but surely. Um, he's 31, so right. how long do you wait for him? You know, He's just got to stay healthy. If he can stay healthy for the majority of the season, they're good. Otherwise, it's a wrap. My thing about Houston is that I think whatever the problem going on in that city extends beyond one sport. Because, I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Is something in the water down there or what? But if you look at <laughs> just the last couple of years, look at the Astros and what happened with them with the cheating and, and all that crap. And then you have the Rockets. The Rockets. Um, everybody wants out of the Rockets. Then you had the Texans. I mean, what is going on in Houston? Houston, we have a problem. Should be like the cover of the <laughs> Sports Illustrated. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's bad interesting there, to watch the like to watch people like you know not resigning. Like uh, Oladipo didn't even want to resign. Like you know they was talking about he waiting for the end of the, end of the season, but like he probably not gonna resign it. Like you know he's he's putting his numbers up so he can you know cash out and go somewhere else. Um, because yeah, the team not there's winning. There's something like, going on there, man. It's a culture thing. Like we we talk about the culture here in uh, Washington, especially with the Washington football team being toxic and people wanting to get out. It's yeah, but people thing. like living here though. <laughs> Even if they don't win, they like yeah. like being here. <laughs> so we don't have like all the people wanting out the same level as Houston. And of course, like, there's been some out too. Like 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 Harden forced himself out. You know, like he, he yeah. made it, made sure that he was like, I'm getting out of here, and you're gonna send me where I want to go. Like that doesn't happen. Like that's that's not normal. Like you know. Especially like mid season, like he's like, I'm getting out of here, bro. Like, <laughs> right, y'all yeah. don't right. have any. I'm looking at the um the Cardinals roster. Like, I'm trying to see who else they really have on defense that would comp with that JJ Watt could compliment. Um, I mean, the only person I can think of is Patrick Peterson. Is he still on that team? Yeah, he's still on there, but he's a cornerback. You know, I'm yeah, like, he's, he's a he's like a the, he's a defensive back. I don't know about defensive lineman. Yeah, I'm like, uh, they had a pretty good defense two years ago, but that was about it. No, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, it's it's it. The move doesn't seem like it seems like D Hop might have had some influence on that move, and you know, uh, the fact that JJ Watt asked for it out and like he asked to get out his contract, and they had the cap space to sign him. Um, they they see some value in him as a player. I always kind of get weary about um, older defensive in, uh, players. You know, I mean, he's not older. He's thirty one. You know, he's still got a, you know four or five years left in the tank in terms of him playing that position at a at a premier you know pace but you know yeah. we'll see we'll see like he has a sit fit in that scheme and then you know see what happens uh and they like i said they put a lot of faith in him with the money they paid him um based on his prior numbers and he hasn't put up those type of numbers in the last you know realistically he hasn't put up numbers like that uh it's been, it's been a couple years you know so like his first five years were his most productive so you know, hopefully he can get on there, he can bounce back and then show he's worth the worth the coin. Um moving on. We saw uh we just talked about the NBA uh, all star results. Um we were having some kind of confusion about who actually how they picked. Um uh, <laughs> I can I can name uh we just named uh LeBron's team. I was trying to see who Kevin Durant's team, but it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter. LeBron, LeBron got the starters and Kevin got the reserves. He got all he the sure reserves. He sure did, man. He got the like, G League. Yeah, he's oh, let me see if I can find it again. Yeah, so I'll read I'll read okay, here we go. I got both I got both squads. Uh Team LeBron. Uh what happened? It skipped. Wait a minute. What just happened? Oh, here we go. Oh, let's do Team Durant first, because my phone's acting stupid. Uh so it's Kevin Durant starting. Uh, Bradley Bill, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and Jason Tatum, but that's six players, so I don't know how they're actually doing that. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that really means. They um, need six players to compete with that squad. That, uh, maybe, maybe it's. Oh, it's saying that um, LeBron is a captain, so maybe. Um, oh no, they. This is so weird. They put. Uh, LeBron, they're both captains, though. Yeah, they put LeBron in. All right, so hold up. Let me go back. Hold up. I'm. I'm messing up. Because <laughs> I think, Le, uh, Kevin Durant's the the captain. Um, but he hasn't listed as a starter. Is he injured? Right. Who, Durant? Yeah. No. Huh. All right. Um, all right. Well, so the starting, it has Kevin Durant as a starter, as a captain. Oh, no, he's injured. Captain. Team captain won't injured, will not play. 
Ah, I didn't yeah, know that. Durant, Durant's injured. So the starting That's five, why he gave LeBron the best team because he ain't going to play anyway. Ah, funny. Uh, Bradley Bill, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and Jason Tatum. And LeBron's team is Giannis Antetokounmpo, Stephen Curry, Luka uh, Doncic. I keep saying his last name wrong. Uh, Doncic. Doncic. Uh, LeBron James and Nikola Djokic. So. Who wins? <laughs> I mean, come on. Good God. Very obvious. Yeah. It's very obvious. I mean, yeah. that's a no-brainer. I mean, what what was Kevin Durant doing during the draft? Sleeping. <laughs> I mean, he was taking notes from Dan Snyder? I don't know, man. On how to that's pick? A, on, how to, on how to draft? Oh, uh, shit. Like, that's shooters and dunkers, man. Like, you know, they line up. They line up cool, That's man. defenders. Like, yeah, that, that's... <laughs> That's a jack of all trades. I don't know how you team. let LeBron get that team, dude. They probably had a side bet going on. <laughs> like, yo, I get I get first dibs on all the players that you want. If so and so and so, I don't know. I mean, but okay, but here's the thing: I'm looking at how they picked. So the first pick was LeBron. He picked Giannis. Second pick, KD picked Kyrie. The third pick, LeBron picked Steph Curry. So makes sense. Though. LeBron LeBron's got a big man. He got a dunker and a shooter. And then and then uh KD and LeBron picked two shooters. And then the fourth pick, KD got a big man, Joel Embiid. So that kind of evens itself out there. But then LeBron gets Luka, who's who's both a shooter and a good defenseman. And KD got Kawhi Leonard, which Defender for sure. Like he's a, Yeah, definitely he's defender. Fight, but like he's a good defender. And then LeBron went with another big man. He went with Joe with uh, Jokic. And KD went with Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum. So I don't understand. I'm I'm looking down here in the second round. Why why KD didn't pick Zion Williamson uh, as a big man defender, or you know maybe Rudy Gobert to get one block. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's a it's a little strange. So I can see how it turned out the way it did, just based on the order of how the players were picked, but. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know matchups, right? So you, you hit somebody, pick somebody, right. and you're like, all right, I'm going to pick somebody to spot up against that player. Right. And you, you kind of round out your um your reserves. Um, but, man, like, that starting five against that starting five, man. I, LeBron made out. Yeah, he, <laughs> they probably go up 30 points in the first yeah. first quarter, especially if they're doing like they used to. They're going, I mean, with the, what they did last year when they had it was per quarter. You were playing for charities per quarter. That's, that's going to be a, a real interesting. Uh, but Okay, so oh. who wins and by how much? Oh, I, mean, uh, I, I, I got the, I got the, I got LeBron. They do, they do per quarter, and then they do like a total. Like they do like a, the fourth quarter. They tally up all of, and then what, and then what they do? I forgot how they how they did it last year. Yeah, some kind of thing where they shut the shot clock off and do yeah. like a, some kind of runoff thing. Right. I say team. I mean, LeBron last year was special by, for Kobe, um, so it was a little different. But I say they win by, by uh, ten, only because. I think Embiid is going to shoot his ass off. Uh, Kyrie, I, yeah, I think Embiid's going to shoot his ass off because he can shoot from from three. Um, and Kyrie can get in the paint because he's fast, he's quick. Bradley Beal is playing his ass off too. Um, defensively, it's going to be tough for them, but I think they only lose by ten. Okay, um, Trey. Yeah. Uh... You know, if they were playing a serious game, I would say it would be like a blowout. But since it's an all-star game, it's an exhibition game, and no one's going to be really playing that hard, I think that it'll be probably a 10-point um, win for the team LeBron. Um, uh, you know, uh, think, go ahead. Just simply, you know, it's it's exhibition. They're, no one's playing that hard, you know. This is reality. I think the incentive was that they were playing for charities last year. So since they were playing for charities, um, the play like especially when it got down to like the last um, two quarters, the players were kind of playing like they want. They had every intention. I'm trying to look up um, the All Star Game score last year. Uh, oh, wait, yeah, uh, let's see All Star Game score. But yeah, I I think that me I think 17 LeBron about yeah. 17 and then. Um, 
Cause yeah, it won't be. I don't, it won't be a blowout. But yeah, I ain't got to beat them by like thirty or nothing like that. But like you know, with the shooters they got and the defense they got, like I got them beating them by. Um, it. By like I think 17. it would be thirty if they were, um, you know, playing a real game with that squad. Oh yeah. So I, I just think because it's an exhibition game, it's just not gonna, you know. Yeah. So last year, uh, the score was one fifty-seven, one fifty-five. LeBron, Team LeBron. They what put was up it? 157-155. They put up 53 points in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, LeBron's team put up 53 to Giannis's 40. Um, and then uh, Giannis's team put up 51 to LeBron's 30 in the second quarter. They both had 41 in the third quarter. And then LeBron's team edged out in the fourth with 33-22. to 22. Yeah, um, I mean. Yeah. I see that. I see that. Uh, it's crazy. It's Cause he almost they almost like swapped squads. Like Luca was still with LeBron last year, but he had Kawhi as well. Um, right. And Giannis was the captain, and Giannis had Joel Embiid, Kemba Walker, uh, Pascal Siakam, Trey Young, um, and Joel. And so it's like it's still it's still gonna be weird without a crowd though. I just I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get my mind right around that. Are you looking forward to any other uh, other you know? Events like the, the dunk contest or the three point or like the mm-hmm. you know um, the rookie rookie uh, what is it sophomore game? Yeah, I haven't really been into the skills no. competition in a while. Not really. You know, <laughs> that stuff you know, ain't like, like it used to be, man. It's not. I mean, it's last not. the last dunk contest that was like legit was Levine and uh, Aaron Gordon. And, you know, Aaron Gordon. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, he gets robbed every yeah. year. So, you know. Sucks to be him, but you know. Is Zion doing it? I don't think so. I don't think he was in the. Um, in the Is Zion doing the dunk competition? Damn. I don't know if he. Do you think he would win? I don't know if he would win. He dunks hard. Mm. You know? He dunks hard. He does. He does some. He does some moves. I don't know if he would win though. But I wish LeBron would have done it. Yeah, like that whole like sitting it out and like you know he should, LeBron LeBron should have did it in his first three years. Yeah, that would have been cool because totally. then he wouldn't have to answer. Is he every year is like, are you going to do? It? Are you finally going to do it? It's like, yo, I already did it, bro. Like, yeah, I don't have to do it again. Like, like I'm good. Like, but he never did it, and he always teased about doing it. So it was like, right, you're never going to do it. Oh, so um, the dunk contest only features three participants this year: Obi Toppin, oh, Anthony, who's watching that? Anthony Simmons <laughs> and Cassius Stanley. Who's <laughs> Oh my God! Who was Cassius Stanley? There's a Cassius Winston on the Wizards. Cassius Clay. He ain't nothing either. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's injured. So nope. Cassius plays for Indiana. Yeah, of course, Obi Toppin plays for New York, and Anthony Simmons plays for Portland. So, wow. Won't be watching that. I, I like Obi. I think Obi's gonna um, be dope to watch. But I don't know about. The, I don't know the rest of these cats. So you know, we'll see. Uh, yeah. All right, uh, last segment of this is uh, Max Kellerman. Oh, so it's been reported that Joel Embiid recently passed LeBron in like NBA MVP standing or like votes or however they're doing that this year. Um, and Max Kellerman said that Embiid is a better player than Shaq. Do you guys agree that Embiid is a better over, I guess, overall player than Shaq or just a better player than Shaq than Shaq was at his height? He said skill player. So, I guess he's saying Shaq had the dominant size and Embiid is more skilled. I would say that cancel culture, I need cancel culture to come out now in force and cancel (laughs) Max Kellerman. I used to like Max Kellerman until he said that. That's funny because, you know, cancel culture. The argument that Shaq always made was like he could play point guard. (laughs) I could pass. Bruh, so people who didn't watch Shaq or haven't, you could even watch Shaq highlights to address this. You know, oh, he was just big and yeah, Shaq had moves. Shaq had moves. Shaq was the master of that drop step. But Shaq would be backing somebody down. He would hit that drop step and that person would be gone. It would be just Shaq in the best. Every the, time. Uh, the the uh the line from uh The Last Dragon when they were at the party, he's like, What you show me some moves? <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shaq was that's on Netflix was, right now. I gotta watch that again. Oh, smack. Shaq was like it, man. Like you know, in terms of like getting around people and just kind of like using brute force. But like Shaq, Shaq could pass. He was facilitating a little bit, especially when that was uh, a bad well, take. The man. thing about the, thing, the huh? thing about Shaq, the thing about Shaq was that 
at that time when he came out, he was probably the biggest enforcer that we had seen because we were so used to seeing Jordan. We were so used to seeing Isaiah Thomas. We were so used to seeing forwards and guards just leading in everything. Lean centers because like you had Patrick Ewan, you had Akeem Olajuwon. But we started to see Shaq at LSU and he was breaking backboards when he dunked. Yeah, and that you know, and in uh, what was it? What was that show called Inside the NBA with Amara Rashad? Yeah, like he was oh. he was just doing that off the off off the whim, and to see to see somebody that strong and that intimidating on the court just made him so yeah. much greater than a lot of other people, which is why a lot of us have a hard time believing that he's better than Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid will get you those blocks. Sometimes Joel Embiid can get you points in the paint sometimes, mm-hmm. but he is not an enforcer like Shaq was. Yeah, he's not so. as agile. Like Shaq was super agile. Like him watching him and Penny. Yeah, when he came into the league was crazy because like they were running. I mean, he was just yeah, they were just so strong. Like that yeah. that clip of uh that clip of uh, uh when when he was on the Lakers when Shaq was on the Lakers and the ball goes out of bounds. And Shaq runs after it, and the entire Lakers bench oh, yeah, like parted the Red Sea. <laughs> like if Joel Embiid did that, I don't think a whole lot of people would move out of the way because they can see him coming like for twenty minutes. So <laughs> like what you got more of the way for? I like, mean, it's just like a piece of tissue paper, you know, right, <laughs> flying like, over towards the bench, good, uh. bro. Like yeah. so all that weight is like it's not like it's not like I need to move. Like if he lands on me, he's gonna break something. Wait, right? It's not. It's not that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I. I agree. I I think that uh, Shaq Shaq was more of an imposing force than anybody else, um, especially around the time he came in. He was he was crazy. Um, and Bead can shoot, and Bead can pass, but I I you know better like nah man. Yeah. Like, so 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 the statement was better skilled player. So if you consider shooting and dribbling skills. But don't they consider <laughs> rebounding. No, well, let me finish my okay. statement. Go ahead, go ahead, if go you consider <laughs> shooting and dribbling skills, but don't consider rebounding, defense, whether it's shot blocking um, or, or defending the paint in any other fashion, um, you know, or just on ball defense for other with other centers, you know, with, with other bigs. Um, if you don't consider those things skills like you do the first two, then okay, Embiid is more of a skilled player. But I believe rebounding is a skill. I believe shot blocking is a skill. I believe defending is a skill. I believe post moves are skills. <laughs> so you can't say Embiid, he's a different skill. I guess different types of skill, but he's not more skilled. No. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Like, even like watching old Shaq highlights, it's like, dude, there's no, there's no real comparison to the type of player that Shaq was and to what Embiid is. Even if Embiid is like the, you know, front runner for the MVP right now based on his numbers. Sure. Like, I, I, you know, I wrote, I wrote a blog um for Unhinged uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was talking about how like, basically, the players from now wouldn't stack up well against the players of old like especially the centers like there's no way in the world like you could put them guys in the ring like put up in the ring put them on a the coat with like the the shacks or like the uh david robinsons and they would be able to like do anything with those guys like just based on yeah. the sheer movements that they have like and the way they impose they, they're willing to post and the way the game was played back then it was it was a post dominant game like it's like come on man like no way maybe maybe jokic you know would be able to like do something you know maybe but the thing is right if you say that Shaq is just big and that was his thing then okay how come uh george murison is not uh in the hall of fame with Shaq? you know how come you know <laughs> yeah no uh, I, agree, I agree uh i'm trying to think uh freaking uh sean bradley and George Mirasan, oh right? Both. Manu Bolt. Like, yeah, Shaq was just big. Okay. We can name plenty of people, well, at least a few people, that are big and didn't do anything with the ball. Um, so uh, you gotta give Shaq more credit than just being big. I'm sorry. That's just that's just a very, very poor take. And it's I mean, it's that's a terrible take 
for a, a, a sportscaster. Like that puts yeah. me in the now disrespectful yeah. category. Like Max Kellerman lost many points with me for that. That was There's a lot of shit that take. he said before that I've that I've just kind of given up on him. Max, I think Max is out here clickbaiting a little bit, bro. Like he might he might be doing it. He might be doing it for show too. Just to get just to get followers, he need. Stephen A. Smith needs something to turn up on, so it's like we need you to yeah, say something gotta, silly so Stephen A. can go crazy. That show doesn't work if, if it's two guys agreeing with each other. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it like, Stephen, yeah, you gotta be, you gotta say something wild enough to get Stephen A. spun up. I told you when uh when uh Max Kellerman first joined first take, and uh the first very first episode, I forgot what subject they were talking about. But he, they, they, uh, Stephen A threw it to Max, and he, and he went on this like two minute speech about like about something basketball related, and then uh, Stephen A took a pause. He was like, "That has to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard about," <laughs> like, and this is why. And then he went on for like three minutes and just told. He just went on like, "This is why this is the dumbest comment." Like, just stick to boxing, bro. <laughs> like it was like, yeah. "Yo, it's crazy." Yeah. So, uh, you know. Huh. Shout out to uh, to Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith. You know, we. They, yeah, they, I think they're doing it for that. Out. It's click. It's clickbait, man. They, they got to yeah. have. It, Shout it, out it, to oh, Stephen A. Smith. Mike Max Kellerman is on the on the uh, on that list he's right in now, seat? man. He's in the high yeah, seat. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, what's crazy? if you look at Shaq's uh, top ten dunks of all time, he posterized uh, Alonzo Mourning twice. Who was a oh, amazing yeah. defender, <laughs> dude? You don't posterize Alonzo Mourning just from being big. There had to been a drop step, some kind of move to get him out of position. That's the thing. Yeah, Jack no. got him out of position. He it's did like, something. Catch, bro. Bounce, dunk. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like he no nah, the the first one they showed he was in position and Jack just went up. Uh-huh. Him, bro. <laughs> he was like, uh, you jump if you want to, bro. I'm a joke. <laughs> nah, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Um, I mean, I guess Max Kellerman, um, you know, and I, I hate to be like this. Maybe it's a white boy thing. You think you think the dribbling and shooting because that's typically what, you know, oh, wow. historically point guards, you know, your Mark Price is your John Stock is dribbling and shooting is is kind of what the white boys do. So maybe that skills to you. But somebody's got to play defense, get rebounds and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know how the hell you're going to say that Embiid is more anything than Shaq. Anything. Foolishness. On that note, since Trey made it racial, uh, we'll take a break. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is Sports and Things. We'll be right back. In honor of Women's History Month, Sports and Things presents Greatest Moments in Women's Sports History. In 1943, all-American Girls Professional Baseball League held tryouts at Wrigley Field and played the first game on May 30th, 1943. Formed by baseball executives who wanted to keep the sport in the public eye while most able-bodied men were away at war. This league was the inspiration for the movie, A League of Their Own. And this has been Greatest Moments in Women's Sports History. And welcome back to Sports and Things, everybody. We're going to get into our uh, sports uh, sports news segment. But first, before we get into that, um, today's episode is a little shorter, um, you know. But I wanted to talk about something that happened to me today. Oh, not to me, but like I Hopefully saw it. not to you. Yeah, right, right. I saw. Uh, so I went to, um, we live in, we, we're all in it from the D.C. area, D.M.V. area. Also, funny thing, people from, people who are from here don't really say D.M.V. that much. They hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Wale. Like, yeah, like we we don't say that. So I was in uh off of South Capitol Southeast, um going to the, the vegan food spot and you know, I'm in there getting food and family and everything. I come out and I get in my truck, I pull out the parking space, I pull up and I see that the police have the whole thing blocked off. Like they have the, the entrance for me to get out of the main parking lot and to get into the street. Both of those are blocked off. I we see, got you, nigger. <laughs> I see eight cop cars on the street and in the parking lot. I see three ambulances and two fire trucks. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what? Like, did somebody like pass out and faint? Like, usually that's like something that looks like somebody passed out and faint. <laughs> and then, so I'm sitting in my car. About five minutes goes past. They start bringing people out in stretches. Like, Yo, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> they, they, first, they brought out a lady. She just had on a bra. Her hair was all messed up. 
and she was sit. They were sitting her up. So I was like, maybe she just had like a stroke, or you know, like a, something happened in the heat or something like that. She just had like a, she hyperventilated or something. They just had to get her some oxygen, and then they brought out a young dude, um, who was also sitting up, but he looked a little aggravated. And I was like, that was, you know, it's like damn it, I missed. It's not like a, <laughs> and then they brought out another dude. And I was like, this dude. So at this point, I'm seeing like my car is like I'm sitting idle. Um, I'm seeing people kind of like walk past my car. Um, you you remember that uh, that Dave Chappelle skit where he talked about like people like looking up to the car and be like, "Hey, who is yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> it was kind of like that. People were like walking up to my window, but walking past it, and I'm seeing ladies like crying and like I'm like, "Yo, what the fuck happened out wow. here? Yo? Like, what the ha- what? Ha- I don't know what happened." Then I see them bring out another stretcher, and I'm like, "Yo, what is going on?" And like, I, I sat there for about 20 minutes. And then all the ambulances and the fire trucks left. And then they still wouldn't let me go. They were like, you still can't go. I was like, why wow. am I sitting here? And then I saw detectives. And I was like, oh, shit. Somebody got shot. Because like, you don't see detectives in D.C. unless somebody got shot. And I, was, I saw two detectives because they were in plain clothes. And you saw the badges on the chest. Or the place sells donuts. You see them then, too. Yo. <laughs> yo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you got any friends as cops? No, uh, I actually I I do oh. I'm not DC though. Oh, DMV. Uh, <laughs> DMV. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, I got some county cops. I'm sitting there, maybe like uh, 25 minutes goes past, and I was like, you know, I'm just in my car, just kind of like sitting. I go, I go to move to the line again. The cop on the street tells me to stop, and I get out the car, and I'm like, yo, can I go? Like, wh- what happened? Can I go? And he's like, you got to talk to that cop. I go over and the cop comes over and I was like, yo, I don't know what happened, but can I go? And he's like, yeah, he, he doesn't even tell me what happened. He's just like, yeah, I think it's no reason for you to sit here. I was like, all right, cool. I get in the car. I'm driving off. I get to the house. My homegirl sends me the picture of the headline that says five people shot in 7-Eleven. <laughs> like, wow. I was like, what? I didn't even hear no gunshots. Like, I, I was in a store. I was in there ordering like vegan mac and cheese. I had no gunshots. I had nothing. But apparently, the shooter. I probably would have shot somebody too if I had to eat vegan. Damn, you just are on it today, Trey. Damn, that's what's up. Hey man, that Seven Eleven ain't no joke, man. No joke, yo. I don't I even go in there. I don't even. I, I, I remember just, I went yeah. there once when we did Automatic. Um, I forgot who I was playing with, but we were doing Automatic right down there at Southwest. And right when it got out, it was like one a.m. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna go get some snacks and you know something for the road head back into virginia i walked DB. into that joint and i turned on <laughs> one hill and back left. i was like i will go back i will go to the 7-eleven by my house where the ms-13 gang is before i come into this joint wow, <laughs> wow. Like, i'm never stepping foot in that 7-eleven ever again and it's right across the street from nat's park that's a funny thing well, no, no, that's a different one. See, that's what we talking about. Earlier. Oh, that's a whole different oh, joint. The joint oh. I know that joint too, because that joint is hood. Is that joint is good? Like that's right across the street from the church, and that's that joint. Yeah. Anytime you go to that joint at the twelve thirty, like, just go in quick. Get your little whatever you going. Don't get. go. Don't go. <laughs> Don't go. It's seven eleven, bro. You what could go. you possibly need? You can wait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dying, dying! I'm literally dying for some sunflowers. Dying for some, yeah, yeah for right. sunflowers. No, but that's the, one the I'm title about of the. It's <laughs> off of Martin Luther King Avenue when Martin Luther King Avenue turns into Southern Avenue. Okay. Uh, South, uh, uh, South, South Capitol Avenue. Street. Yeah, so it's like it's way. It's like it right where um, it means like Fourth Street, like right over there by Baloo. It's so crazy. this is on the other side of 295. Other side of 295. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Way gotcha. more. Okay. Way more. Uh, way dangerous. more in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, but I'm like, I I've, I've been going to that that vegan spot since I was in high school, so I didn't really think nothing of it. I I knew where it was. Not anymore. And I come out of that joint, and five people got shot. So hopefully and now Dennis people, eats meat again. <laughs> right, right, right. Hopefully those people. I, I eat chicken. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I don't eat beef or pork. Hopefully nobody's got seriously injured. Um, I'll keep checking the updates and see if something actually happened. But um, thank God nothing happened to me. You know, I was trying to get help back home to my son. So, um, shout out to, to Kevin. Man, man shot, man shot because his steak was made from tofu. <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to pass it to John for the Sports and Things news. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mr. Turner. I'm John Lane with the Sports and Things news. Yay. Today, Thursday, March 
2021. We're going to start uh, with a story uh, that I saw about Takashi 69. Um, oh, the was documentary? In, well, it's not about the documentary, but oh. um, uh, I still need to watch it. But I heard the documentary is pretty incredible. It um, is. It is. Yeah. So uh, he had an interview with TMZ. And he does not believe that what he did in court to save his own skin was snitching. Um, and he kind of <laughs> laid he kind of laid out his own argument. So, I wasn't snitching; I was just telling. As as ma- many people, <laughs> as many people know, he became the star witness in his uh, 2018 uh, case. I think it was the Rico case by testifying against his fellow gang members, gang member buddies, which resulted in their convictions and. He argues that it all boils down to loyalty or a lack thereof. He, he does make a pretty good point about beefing with just just about everyone from coast to coast and ultimately being targeted by his own crew and what amounted to be like a scary stick-up job and, or whatever. Yeah, um, they, they stuck him up. <laughs> yeah, he was kidnapped they by his own security him. team in the summer of 2018, uh, part of which was, I think it was captured on... I oh, think it was no. on video. It's it's on it's on the dash cam of the truck. That that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was taken around the block. He was threatened at gunpoint, and he was ordered to hand over cash and jewels he had at his New York City place in exchange, uh, an exchange that was ultimately carried out by his then girlfriend. But um, in any event, uh, it sounds like you know he's got like a little guilty guilty pleasure. Besides, like his colorful diamond chains and stuff like that, it's it's a pretty fascinating conversation uh, where he says that uh, you know, I enjoy snitching just, in my spare time. You know, it's a pastime of mine. Takashi Six, you got to watch the documentary. I think we should have a conversation about the documentary when everybody watches it because the way that he, like the way that people talked about him on the documentary, is like yo, he he was a mastermind of using iPhone technology to market everything that he was trying to do like he was that shock culture like like the punk rock or the rock culture that he brought to hip-hop stuff that was all curated he curated that whole thing you know and then he went he didn't even want to be a rapper like he wanted to be a rock dude and they were like well you know you're making these rap you're making these rap type songs we get you put up with this crew and then you know it just kind of did what it did from there but like you gotta watch the documentary. The documentary is crazy. Like the way they they, they just kind of like every like it's like piece by piece. They just kind of put him together. It's know? on Prime. It's on um. It's on Sh- Showtime, I think. Oh, it's on Showtime. I think it's on Showtime. Um, and the way that they the way that they that they're narrating it is like how to make a villain. That's what it's basically called. Like how to make a villain. Like how to wow. make a rap villain. And. You know, they they tell you about it. They're adding all these components. You add all these things. You add this. You add that, and then you get Takashi Six Nine, who is like hated by his own crew at this point. And even when you watch the documentary, oh, he's hated by a lot of people. His crew was like, <laughs> we didn't even know what he was doing. Like we, he wasn't a part. He wasn't a part of the gang. He was like, he was an artist, and we just like he just used the street cred to like you know kind of like boast up his sales and stuff. But then right. he was taking stuff from other artists on the label that the. The, the dude started and just taking their concepts and putting them in his own videos because they were getting like 2 million views he was getting 69 million views so he was like oh I got the bigger platform they're not going to see your stuff until they see my stuff so it don't matter if I take it and that's where all the stuff came you got to watch it I, when everybody watches it we, we can have a conversation so, about it, so you're saying the Takashi 69 documentary is on tell a vision Dooch. All right, so the next story, uh, we're going to stick to uh, people being shot. Uh, there is a top story out of L.A. Um, uh, I think it, this happened today. A shooting went down Thursday afternoon outside of the Il Pastillo restaurant in Beverly Hills. Um, reporters were told that the shooter and two accomplices were after a $500,000 Richard Milley watch that a man was wearing. And a woman was struck in the leg by gunfire. An eyewitness uh, told the reporters that the shooter fired off three or four rounds. Uh, The woman who was hit was having lunch near the man who was wearing the watch. The shooter made off with the timepiece. Diner scrambled for safety. Um, There's you see some uh, photos as evidence of people running for their lives. Um, And uh, 
as far as people can tell, no one else was actually shot, although Dimes were, were frantically checking themselves for bullet wounds. But there's a rapper named, have you heard of a rapper named um, Danny Lay? Danny Lee? No. Apparently, this uh, she's dating the baby. Um, they had parked right in front of the restaurant when the gunfire happened. Um, and you can see like that, that whole hotspot's crawling with cops, and there's tons of police tape wrapped around the restaurant outdoor seating where it happened um so that restaurant actually does it holds a ton of celebrities and it looks like celebrities won't be frequenting that restaurant uh anytime soon so uh, hopefully that woman who got struck in the leg is okay and no one else was injured and please don't wear a half a million dollar watch out that's just stupid (laughs) yeah like and you know what you know what this you know what this is a sign up to like you can tell when we're coming at we're coming towards the end of COVID or like, you know, people are feeling like they can be frogging and go outside because people are starting to get shot again. <laughs> like we had a whole year of people not getting shot like that. People are starting to get shot again. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, you know, we're, we're going back to like normal. That vaccine is working. <laughs> I, I that, that might be a good title for this episode too. You know, it's over. When people, people are getting shot again. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of, uh, what's her name? Danny Lee. She's a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. Pretty girl. You said okay. she's a rapper. They said she's a rapper. Oh, she's dating a rapper. What's his ex-girlfriend? Oh, they're not dating anymore. She's not dating I mean, the you know baby. How that works. Yeah, you know. That works. I guess it's a picture of them, and then it's a picture of them not together, and then he t- he's on her Instagram, and then he's not. Who knows? Who knows? Who cares? All right. Kind of like Deshaun Watson in the Houston Texans. Yo. Wow. <laughs> he's still there. <laughs> he can't get out for now. He's, like, he's still out. there for now. I can't. I'm taking you off of my Instagram. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> he did do that. Um. Uh, this is the last story, and then we'll get to uh, criminals are stupid. So, Trey, have you ever heard of a DJ named Kygo? Do you sound familiar? That's a negative. He's a Norwegian DJ. Um, this guy is fucking crazy. He is dropping six mm. figures of his own money to make a virtual concert happen. Six oh. figures. He oh, nice. is going... He is he is going all out to perform a virtual concert from the top of a snow-capped mountain in Scandinavia where a helicopter will drop off a piano at the summit. You have to see this. You got to see the video. I'll send you guys a link to it. Um, but there's a video of the delivery of the piano. Uh, it was hanging by straps from the helicopter as it came in uh, for a landing on Thursday right next to Kaigo or Kaijo. I don't know what his name is. He was surrounded by pyrotechnics while spinning tunes and he was talking about this, that, and the other. Um, I can't imagine it's very cheap to get a piano flown on the top of a mountain, but um, it says Kaijo's fans might recognize the glass piano. Uh, it's the same one he used during his Kids in Love tour, and you can see it in action if you bought a ticket when the online show uh, began at 6 p.m. Pacific time, but the mountain's getting a lot of love from Hollywood these days too. It was the same one that was used in Tom Cruise's upcoming Mission Impossible Seven film. Um, He's done seven. Wow, I guess so. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Mother Nature almost didn't play ball. Production says that they almost had to cancel the concert when a storm approached, but it looks like things are 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 okay, and the concert is going to happen. So. That is one thing I do not care to watch. That's crazy. You know, you know who I talked to this week, John? I talked to Ari, um, our uh, tour manager oh, yeah. slash front of house um, for Odyssey and Good Company. They're doing full festivals in New Zealand right now. They're, look, they're out of COVID, <laughs> man. Yeah. They are out of COVID. Not the tsunami, though, because he, he told me like the tsunami hit the north uh, side of uh, New Zealand today. See, that's why we stayed oh, in the south. Maybe it's yeah. Queenstown. I think he's in the south, and um, he he. I was like, I saw the report go up, and he was like, "Yeah, we good." He's like, it, it hit the it hit the south side. I was I'm on the north side. I was like, "Yo, that's crazy." Yeah, because that's right under Japan. Japan and and north of uh, New Zealand, they always get the tsunamis. Yeah, yeah, but they he said he he said he um he worked um front of house uh, last Saturday for a festival with like seven eight thousand people. Yeah, I, like, I saw the I saw the photos on Instagram. I was crazy, mad jealous. man. That's crazy. Shit. I need to retire in New Zealand or something like that. Meanwhile, people Uh, get shot here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And finally, we go to the criminals are stupid department. Um, 
This is called Goldilocks Burglar Caught Napping. A retired couple from uh, Lancashire in the UK returned home from a holiday in 2014 to discover a burglar was fast asleep in their bed. Martin Hopi and Pat Dyson were amazed to find the intruder. I'm not going to even try to say his name. Yes, I am. Lukacs Chauznowski had done their dishes, washed his underwear, and even bought some groceries. Miss Dyson said their house what? wasn't too tidy when they went away, but Chauznowski, who is originally from Poland but moved to Leeds, had kindly tidied up. He uh, he did burn an old saucepan that you know she was like you know I guess shit like that does happen. Um, at the time he was 28. He did admit a burglary and was given a two-year conditional discharge in order to pay 200 euros in costs. And I'm John Lane, and that's the Sports and Things News. Yay! What's the um? What's the child? The child? The children's book where um, the uh, the bears come back home and the, and the girl the child all the bears. Goldie locks in the three bears. <laughs> Yo, I, I saw a meme about that. I saw a meme. It was uh, it was it was the three bears were were outside their house. And all three of them were being arrested, and Goldilocks was crying and talking to the cops. And the meme said, "Only in America can you break into someone's house and have the and have the homeowners arrested." Yeah, that's true. You know, those must have been black bears. Yo, they were brown. Wow, they were brown. Wow. That works too. <laughs> Yo, yep. you know the funniest meme I've seen in terms of like cartoons or like you know famous like characters was the um the pac-man one when it was halloween and then the pac-man opens the door he's like trick or tr-, and he's like trick or what and the kids are dressed like ghosts and then they the next shot is like them carrying pac-man off with mouth bloody arms. <laughs> he's like what what did i do and you see like the kids hands coming out of his mouth oh <laughs> that's cold <laughs> that's the funniest one i've seen in a long time by the way, I gotta say, if y'all want, if y'all want to see some funny ass memes on Instagram, you gotta follow two accounts. Um, you gotta follow my homegirl. Her name is Jill's Worth. She goes, her name is Jill, but she goes by Jill's Worth on Instagram. J I L L Z W O R T H. Um, she and she posts them all on her Instagram stories, but they're freaking hilarious. And then the other one is a little bit more, uh, is a little bit more racy, but it's Freddie Gibbs, the rapper. Oh yeah, that dude's um, crazy. That dude is wild. Like a lot of the memes that he posts are really, really wild. So if y'all want a good dose of some comedy, check out those two Instagrams. Sweet. And on that note, since Freddie Gibbs is an artist, we will go to our artist of the week segment, and I will start with Trey. Who is your artist of the week, bro? My artist of the week is going to be none other than Alex Isley. Um. Hey. Okay. We all love Alex Isley, um, daughter of one of the Isley brothers, and um, all I know is it's not Ronnie, and uh, <laughs> which would, think, that would make Ronnie the, her uncle. The guitar player. Who was yeah. the guitar player? That's her dad, I think. Uh, Alex Isley's dad. So anyway, um, <laughs> she is a wonderful singer. Uh, love her singing and vocal arrangements and things that I've heard. And I really, really like her music and the work she's done with a producer named Jack Dine that I'm familiar with from her work. So that is my artist of the week. Nice. John. My artist of the week is the late, great Chick Corea. Rest in peace. We lost Chick Corea last week. Yes. And um, I met Chick Corea in 2017, right before we left on the uh the iceberg uh beneath the surface tour with odyssey and um he is a incredibly generous very very nice man uh, i met him when he was touring with steve gad uh and he came through dc at blues alley um steve gad i mean steve gad was asking me questions i'm like why are you asking me questions i want to know everything about you and um I produced a record for this guy named Dave Klein, who's a violinist, a jazz violinist, and he's friends with Chick Corea. So I was able to I was able to go as his guest and I got to meet Chick and we talked for about 10 minutes. Um, incredibly nice human being. He's an icon in jazz. Really, anyone that plays with Miles Davis is an icon in jazz yeah. music. 
Um, and he's the uh, you know the front runner in Return of Forever and all of the chicory acoustic electric bands and stuff like that. So um, I say I listen to any listen to any chicory record really. I don't I don't think there's there, you won't be disappointed in anyone. So I um, believe Chick was my artist of the week last week. Uh, yes, he passed right before the show. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's crazy. Like all the artists that came out of. Uh, Miles Davis session, the Bitches Brew session, like all the groups that went on to become like the staples, like the, the jazz giants of that we consider like the jazz giants now, they all were under the thumb of, well, I won't say thumb, but all under the, uh, you know, influence like of Miles. Like the tutelage of Miles. Dude, uh, Miles created multiple trees. Um, yeah, no, he, all of his groups <laughs> turned into those people going on to be jazz great somewhere. Yeah, Miles is the and only. Multiple. <laughs> multiple yeah, yeah. iterations down miles is the only musician that i know that's been credited with like reinventing a, a form of style of jazz like at least six or seven times yep like, that's, and he that's produced incredible. he produced a uh plethora of or at least what if he had a quintet at least four or so other artists in that style each time which then mm-hmm. they went out and produced others and there's like a tree it's like a family tree and miles davis is everyone's father yeah, he had um he had a uh, uh, Sugarfoot Ricky in his last um uh, in, in his last band the Live Around the World concert, um from DC. Uh, I can't oh, remember yeah. Ricky's last name. Um, but he was like he was a really big go go drummer. Um, Ricky Lawson. Ricky Lawson. Oh no 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 that's, that's, uh, that's, that was Yellow Jackets. Yeah no I'm uh Ricky. Uh, I was in a band Ricky. with this dude too. Not, not Wakeman. Damn, what's his last name? Richard Sugarfoot. Uh, Ricky Wellman. Ricky, Ricky Wellman. Wellman, yes. yes. Yo, Ricky Wellman would shake your hand with the intent and to break, break it. it. <laughs> yep. uh, like, Any from Baltimore? He from somewhere around here. Like he's from Baltimore. He he was a super cool guy, but like he you had to you had to like mind yourself when he was going to shake your hand because like it's like dude, like, I used to brace myself. I'm like dude, I gotta play. Like I met I up? met Ricky Wellman at Felix when um wow he was he was playing at Felix and he called Stevie Wonder because Stevie Wonder was in town. He called Stevie Wonder. And Stevie Wonder came in and did like. The entire set with man them. listen if you listen to that miles davis live around the world album he is he is yes doing some stuff on that record man yeah. like, it's it the pocket is there for sure you can hear all that the boom yeah. that stuff is in there it's crazy man that um, arrangement of uh human nature oh my and, gosh man when Ken, up, kenny garrett yes. actually changed the world he did that performance he did. we met kenny garrett we talked the we world talked the world changed yeah. during that solo that's it's, that's when the real became a different place that's when the real Kenny G was born. It's like, yo, he's killing it, yo. And they playing it so much Kenny faster G than the records. Man, that joke was crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. My artist of the week is going to be actually the notorious B.I.G. Um, e. They recently just released a, a Netflix released a documentary called I Got a Story to Tell. Um, if you haven't seen it, I would say you should go out and check it out. Um, it's interesting because they start out saying like Puffy starts out or P Diddy or you want to call him. He starts out saying that um, Biggie is actually an R and B singer. Like he's like he he thinks like a singer. He doesn't think like a rapper. All his songs have like melodic stru- uh, flow and structure. And then they um, they go back to um, I forgot the name of the musician they named. Um, it was a saxophone player that lived in his neighborhood. And he was like, yeah, I took Biggie under my wing when he was like. 10 11 years old and i was showing he was grooming biggie to be a um, jazz musician and it's like what it's like all this like backstory that i didn't i never knew about biggie was like crazy i didn't finish it um uh, i plan to at some point soon in yeah the i gotta start it yeah it's but it's 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 also pretty dope and it's a lot of interviews with his mom um his mom talking about you know him and you know all the people who are close to him talking about how like he was a kid from the neighborhood and the kid from the neighborhood, we just kind of saw him as the same dude, like not like a um, like a superstar. But when you went out with him, you knew that how, how, just how big he was. So right. I would check that out. Biggie Smalls and Tori's B.I.G. Rest in peace. I got a story to tell. It's, it's on Netflix right now. You can go check it out. And that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Um, let's give a shout out to Jay Hill. You know, make sure he gets safe travel again down to Atlanta. Um, to and fro um, and travels Jay yeah for sure and to the Unhinged Sports Network and um, for having us on the show we're on there every Saturday at 12 noon and whenever they restream us uh, the schedule's up on our, our social platforms um, you can find us anywhere you find podcasts um, 
and that's that's it that's all i got and we'll be rocking fanatics gear and watching fubo tv that's right yeah let's go yeah fubo tv <laughs> and fanatics.com shout out to you guys too um on behalf of myself i uh, and john lane and trey ely and the absent jay hill this has been real we will check you guys next week make sure that you stay safe tell your family you love them wear your wear mask. mask peace free my nigga jay hill <laughs> Into music, get together to talk trash about whose teams is losing. So here we go, Deep Turner, John Lane, Trey Illy, Jay Hill, the MVP, court in the history. So now what? They got their mics and gizmos, podcast rapper for DC, what it is, Mo. Yeah, we talking sports and things from rookies who ball the vets about to get more rings, plus more things like a jam session or something. Then we beefing because our favorite team, John like slumming, John like pumping over podcasts and steady every O. You want more than that whole hum, so here we go. Yeah, we go from bars to beats to podcast or astro turf with balls and cleats like that jaw. Talking sports and things, talking sports and things. Priest the nomad, uh, talking sports and things. We're talking sports and things. D Turner, John Lane, talking sports and things. Baby, we're talking sports and things. Trey Illy, Drake Hill, talking sports and things. Talking sports and things. DC, baby. Thanks for listening to Sports and Things featuring John Lane, Trey Ely, Jay Hill, and Dennis Turner. Be sure to follow and subscribe for our upcoming episodes. You can also reach the team on Instagram at S-P-O-R-T-Z-A-N-D-T-H-I-N-G-Z and on Twitter at I-Z-S-P-O-R-T-Z. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.